This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Free agency is in full swing in the NFL. Big-time players have been signed. Big-time players are still on the open market. We're going to take this episode of Steelers Standard to look around the league, look at some of the names that are still on the market, look at some of the teams that still need to make some moves as far as free agency is concerned. I'm Tom Opperman, Kellen Gersky, and Jacob Brecht. Join me as always on the Steelers Standard. And guys, I want to jump in with a guy who PFF has as their number four best available uh, free agent at this point, and that's Richard Sherman. Hmm. And I think this is a guy that's flirting with the Hall of Fame. Is that fair for me to say? Yeah. I mean, it's an Absolutely. outside shot, but, I mean, he's been there and done it. And, I mean, he what, he's got a does he have Super, got a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, Super got a Super Bowl ring. Was the face of the leader of the leader of that unit? Yeah. I don't know why. I forgot that he was there for a second, but, yeah. Went to another Super Bowl. He yelled what? at Aaron Andrews for trying him <laughs> with a sorry receiver like Crabtree. Sorry receiver like Crabtree. Was he on San Francisco? Two years ago, when he's, they went to the yeah. Super Bowl with against Kansas City, Ooh, yeah, I believe he was on the Niners team. So he's been here. to three, yeah, he's been then three Super yeah. Bowls, losing two of them. So he's a loser. Uh, he in 2019 had to recover from an Achilles injury, yeah. and he really had a great season for the Niners uh, in that year where they went to the Super Bowl. Jacob, he only allowed 227 receiving yards all season long. Uh, his passer rating against him was only 46.8. Uh, he. Came a little unglued, though, when it came to the uh, playoffs and the Super Bowl loss to Kansas City. But in 2020, uh, Sherman produced a 67.2 cover grade uh, on just 332 snaps. And that, according to Pro Football Focus, is the lowest of his career. So he goes from one of his best seasons in 2019 off of an injury and really proving himself again with the Niners to one of his worst seasons yeah. where I don't know if you can hold that against him, though, because San Francisco just was they in shambles yeah. last year. and. I don't know. That's the thing about them, though. I don't know if they weren't good. They they, just, they got hit with COVID yeah, early. Right. And and they got hit too. with COVID hard. Yeah. They just, I just couldn't don't know if do they much recovered. with what they had left. And look, Jimmy G was a fringe starter in the first place. And then when he went down for multiple weeks with COVID, it was just there was no way Nick Mullins was going to be able to backpack you or keep you afloat in a division as tough as the NFC West to make a playoff run. So yeah. I don't know if they were that terrible, but. Anyway, Sherman had a bad year. He wasn't the only one on the Niners. The Niners uh, are not going to have any interest in re-signing him, but he now kind of has that role where he could be like a Daryl Revis. He can yeah. kind of be like a mercenary for hire, where he yep. can just kind of go from team to team, wind up on a contender that needs yep. secondary help. And, you know, you saw that with Revis when he signed a one-year deal with the Patriots. You know, Yeah. Uh, he also had a $20 million option off of that, and the Patriots declined that option because right. they just were looking for that one year, and they got it, and they won the Super Bowl with him. So obviously he's not going to go back to San Francisco, but teams that are going to be looking for Richard Sherman, teams that don't need a number one corner but need maybe some leadership in that secondary and definitely need uh, just somebody that has that hunger, knows how to get to the Super Bowl, and is probably looking for that second ring late in his career. Sure. Uh, and I think the mercenary stage is kind of the best way to put where he's at. He can Short sign term deals with contenders yep, until he decides to retire. Right, exactly. Um, I think that's a great way to think of Richard Sherman because, let's be honest here, I mean, he's still good. Um, is he a number one at this stage in his career? No, um, but he could definitely help you. And let's be honest, I mean, that dude is smart. I mean, he's a smart he, I mean, I know uh, he had Stanford kid. Yeah, I mean, I you know I, how old he is too. 
He's in his 30s, but yeah. it's not like to the point where he's like 38 years old or right, something Right, but like that. It, it, once you get to that, quarterbacks and he's running backs run into old. that 30-year yeah. wall right. where he's they start to tail off. He's actually going to be 33 uh, on March 30th. And that's kind of, it, that, that point goes into why he's only going to sign one-year deals until he ends up, you know, retiring because, you know, like we've talked about with the Steelers a lot, you know, you got to make a decision on guys and, and um, before they hit that wall right. in their play. And, I mean, he, and Sherman might have already hit it. I mean, they said that 2020 was uh, the lowest grade of his career. Now, that doesn't mean that he can't bounce back from that, but has the decline already started? Uh, I'm just saying that I think a lot of teams could use a smart, intelligent, mature guy like Sherman. I know he's had, you know, that off-the-field thing with Aaron Andrews in that interview, but he's a, he's a smart guy. He's been yeah. there and done it. He's been to multiple Super Bowls. Um, you know, any he team have an ego really that no. should be imposing on him saying I can take a smaller deal. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think at this stage in his career, I think once you get to a certain point, guys kind of realize that, too. They kind of think, you know, all I can do at this point in my career is sign one year deals. And if a team's willing to give me the opportunity at 32 years old. I better take it. And like on top that. of that. I, I like those kind of guys. Me too. I yeah. like the guns for high. And like and like Kellen said, I mean, he's been there, done that. He's been an all pro. He's won a Super Bowl. He's gone to others. He's done he, everything he's, you can in this league. He's gonna I be mean, on that Hall of Fame ballot. Whether he gets in, that's another story. But he's I think gonna he's find deserving he's of gonna it. find I mean, his way on the ballot no matter what, to your point. Like he's he was a Hall the, of Fame caliber player. He was the face of the best defensive unit. This for like a three-year, four-year stretch, while. yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you can you can say other teams got close, but, I mean, the defining defense of the 2010s was Seattle, was and he, he was the best, the best player, player on that, on that defense, team. though? Huh? Was he the best player? I know he was the face. Are you saying, like, maybe Camp Chancellor or Earl Bobby Thomas. Wagner? Bobby Wagner and Earl Thomas were the two Earl that popped Thomas. into my head. I don't know. I mean, Richard Sherman what was the— defense! Richard Holy Sherman crap. was the leader of that unit, though. I mean, what a defense! That was the best defense— I don't want to blaspheme against the Steelers, but that might have been the best defense that we've seen in our lifetime. What, that 2013? Seahawks Legion of Boom run. Those three years of Seattle defense. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I don't know what you have against Richard Sherman, but in my mind, I, I always thought he was against, the best player on that team. I don't have anything team. against Richard Sherman. It's a fair question. Was you, You're going to fault me for thinking Bobby Wagner's better than him? Well, here's, here's the thing that should give Richard Sherman a better case for the Hall of Fame is that We've listed names Bobby Wagner, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, and we're still saying he's he may be the best out of all of them. True. Uh, another corner that recently found himself signed to another team was um, – hold on, I just blanked on that. I just had it in front of me. Oh, Patrick Peterson. How could I forget? Patrick Peterson from the Cardinals, and also kind of that mercenary role, gun mm-hmm. for hire role. He has moved to the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. That's your team. Help. That is my team, and what a, another step towards them making it back to the playoffs this next year. But signed a one-year, $10 million deal. He'll be the corner in Minnesota, and I bring him up. I know we're talking about guys that are still in the market, but I bring him up as an example of what Richard Sherman is going to look for mm-hmm. on the market. Sure. Yeah. $9 million a year, one-year deal on a team like the Vikings, who, uh, look, the Vikings your aren't team, a contender. Your team last year. Right. They're not a Super Bowl contender, but it's a team that a veteran can go to and say, I got a shot at making the playoffs. Here. Absolutely. Right. So that's where I think Patrick Peterson landed there, and that's where I think Richard Sherman's going to land yeah. on a team similar to that. Absolutely. And then that's kind of where they are in their careers. And, um, you know, I think that is – I don't know who's going to end up signing Sherman, but I, I do think that he could be a valuable piece to, um, you know, a defense that might need a little bit of help. Um 
I mean, goodness, I, I know it could never happen, but I wouldn't mind him signing with the Steelers for a year. I know it can't happen because of the cap situation, um, but for him to be an extra corner in a, in a position that's kind of thin, when, when you know, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But that's kind of the type of team that, that you can expect Sherman to sign with that needs extra corner help and could be a contender. The number 10 rated free agent still on the market is one that really intrigues me, oh. and that's edge rusher Jadeveon Clowney. Not going to be re-signed by the Titans, I don't think. Uh, I feel like it might have happened already. Uh, what PFF is speculating here is that Clowney might have a little bit higher opinion of himself than other NFL teams do. Uh, you got to remember, Clowney is more suited to stopping the run than he is at you know, getting pressure on the quarterback. And the Titans really struggled getting pressure on the quarterback last year. What did they do? They go out and they, go get, and they signed Bud Dupree, yeah. a real solid pass rusher who's better at getting to the quarterback than Jadeveon Clowney. They spent a lot of money on Bud Dupree. That makes me think they're going to move on from Clowney. They're going to go another direction at that edge rush defensive end position, and they're going to focus on Bud Dupree being their primary high-priced pass rusher. So that means Clowney finds himself again on the open market. And remember, he took a while to sign last year on the mm -hmm. open market. The Titans were a team that kind of came in at the 11th hour, snapped him up to a contract. Uh, the prediction here. One year, $13 million, fully guaranteed. He's too young to be a mercenary yeah. like a Sherman or Patrick Peterson. It's kind of, he's kind of in a weird territory where it's almost prove it, right? Like, not that he's been bad. He's the 95th percentile run defender, yeah. elite. But he's only 77th percentile when it comes to pass rush. And that's the thing when you're an edge, you have you to have be. You have to pass rush. You have it's to a pass, pass rush. league, too. Yes. They're gonna, teams are going to pass more than they're going to run a majority and, of the time. And that's not saying that Clowney is, is bad. I mean, I'm but not, he's lost a step. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't know if he ever really got a fair shake in the beginning because everybody thought he was, you know, the next. I don't know who, who to even compare him to, but he was like the next great pass rusher. He was the next guy that was going to, um, you know, when he first came into the league, and, and he wasn't that. But that's not saying that he's not a good player because he is a good player. Um, he's a good, not great pass rusher. I mean, that's what Pro Football Focus says about him. But the problem is when you play edge and you get the money that, that Clowney probably wants and that he's had over his career – you better be a damn good pass rusher, and he's not that. That doesn't that doesn't mean that he's not good because he's obviously great against the run. But when you have that edge next to you, you're in a weird situation where if you're not a great pass rusher, teams are aren't going to pay you as much, and you're going to find yourselves on you know a one year thirteen million dollar deal. I think it's a legitimate case to be made that Jadavion Clowney wasn't ever that great. It's just he had the benefit of lining up opposite of J.J. Watt. Or lining up next to J.J. Watt, and because when you when you do that, teams are going to focus on J.J. Watt, and that let Jadavion Clowney get to the quarterback, very similar to T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree. Uh, I'm not trying to say Bud Dupree isn't any good because of what could have been a similar situation with Pittsburgh, T.J. Watt getting more attention than Bud, but I think when, when we saw Jadavion Clowney leave to go to Seattle and then went to the Titans, he just wasn't the same guy when he wasn't playing next to J.J., Absolutely. And 
I do agree with you that I think J- Devion Clowney got a little overrated. Uh, I mean, his tires were pumped from college when he right. had the there, hit there in was the Michigan no one game. There was no one play that was replayed more by ESPN oh my over God, an entire is. year. Every bowl season, yeah. you'll see that play for the rest of your life. That was more hyped up. That hyped up. I mean, that play got him the first overall pick, got him to be the but first overall pick. But he's probably been a bit of a disappointment as a first overall pick. I mean, Absolutely, yeah, no overall question. Pick, you decide you... You expect a first overall pick to be a franchise guy and to stay with the team for ten plus seasons, and he and played a significant role in Houston. Played five years, then left, it. went to Tennessee for one year, and it looks like he's one and done in Tennessee. So he went to Seattle too, correct? He yeah, that's what Seattle. I said. Mm-hmm. Once he left for Houston, went to Seattle for one year, and, and then went Tennessee to Tennessee. He would just wasn't the same guy once he left Houston. Once he left, working next uh, to JJ Watt. So I do find he will get signed by a team. So oh, yeah, there's someone's no going to pay him. He's just not gonna sit in unemployment line for all of training camp and into the beginning of the season. He's a former first overall pick and someone, if it's one year, $13 million, someone is absolutely going to bite, yeah. bite at that because there's really no risk. And once that salary's done, you're done. You don't have to worry about right. cap the next season or the year after that. Um, you know, teams that need help with the pass rush uh, that have a lot of money, I don't know if they really are going to go out and, and spend for a Jadavion Clowney, like the Denver Broncos, the opposite of Vaughn Miller, kind of work that thing that they had with J.J. Watt in Houston, but do it in Denver. But they got a lot of other needs there. Yeah. Uh, maybe you go to L.A. for the Chargers and have him line up opposite of Bosa. They have a ton of cap space, but the Chargers just let Melvin Ingram the second walk. So yeah. you have to wonder, are they going in-house when it comes to an edge rusher opposite of Bosa, or are they going in the draft for that? Because, you know, Ingram being released was a bit of a surprise, but Ingram uh, is going to be a little cheaper, too, uh, at that position than uh, Jadeveon Clowney. So maybe he is going to take some deals from other teams that Clowney would get if Ingram would have just stayed on L.A. and not been on the open market. Yeah, I mean, but the point is is that Clowney definitely is going to end up somewhere. I mean, he was a former number one pick. Um, teams aren't just going to, you know, and he's still relatively young. Teams aren't just going to let him just sit on, you know, the unemployment line. Like you said, Tom, if it is for, you know, this is just a prediction by Pro Football Focus, but it, if it is around one year, 13 million, um, you know, it could be a really good uh, price for him. It could be a steal because, I mean, we know that he's only a 77 or they only have him ranked as a 77th percentile as a pass rusher, but it only takes one year for him to, you know, I don't know, be a, you know, a guy that has 10 or 12 sacks, whatever it is. It only takes one year to change those types of things. Right. According to Pro Football Focus, a majority of these top receivers, excuse me, Freudian slip because of what I'm about to say, a majority of these top free agents are wide receivers, Receivers. safeties, cornerbacks, secondary members. And there's a lot of uh, teams out there that definitely are in need of that help, but I think a lot of these guys, like Desmond King II, cornerback, probably just overpriced, so teams aren't signing him. Adoree Jackson just was released by the Titans. Yeah, uh, is, is that a surprise? I think it's a little bit of a surprise, but I think it also is going to make teams go, why did they do that? Yeah. So he's probably not going to see that much the in money free agency wants, because sure. he's just a surprise release. Um, you got guys like T.Y. Hilton that are down the list that – I think teams who need a wide receiver might be interested in paying him before they pay Juju, honestly. Yeah, so proven. Exactly. So there's a lot of uh, help at the corner wide receiver safety position if you need it out there. But one guy that we got to talk about, and this is interesting, and Pittsburgh fans, I know you're going to hate this. <laughs> I know where you're going. The number nine rated uh, 
free agent available, according to PFF, is Antonio Brown. Here's where I take uh, a little um, – I, I'm against it a little bit. Antonio Brown's the best free agent out there, in my mind. I, I you going to sit there and tell me that Kenny Galladay is a better wide receiver than Antonio no. Brown still? No. Exactly. Juju? No. No <laughs> chance. Will Fuller the fifth? No, no chance. So Antonio Brown's the best available free agent out there, especially at the wide receiver position. Sure. Um, you know, I – don't think he's going to warrant a long-term deal. I think teams are... Do you think his ranking or his value is, is lessened because of his off-field? Off yeah, absolutely. Oh, no and question. I also think that his... Well, just the looming possibility yeah. that he couldn't be eligible to play again. I think it's also... That also plays into the fact that no one's really going to give him more than a one-year deal with incentives. Yep. Like... I don't. The days of Antonio Brown getting a four or five year deal with security so is, is over. He blew that. He's not going to have yes. any security as far as that's concerned. But he'll be able to sign one year deals until he can't play anymore yep. and he's eligible to play. And you know, it's the PFF uh, expectation is one year, two million, fully guaranteed with incentives that could maybe rise to about four or five million dollars. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really what you're going to see from AB. I think he got one million guaranteed last year for the Buccaneers, and then he won another million because they actually ended up winning the yeah. Super Bowl, and he played in uh, enough snaps to be right. considered a contributor to and Super Bowl. And that's how it's going to end up working for him, the incentive-wise. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that think he might just come right back to Tampa Bay. I think that's they, where they he's have end a up. lot of money now. Available. They've done that with everyone else. Yeah, they have a lot of money available now because of Tom Brady taking that massive pay cut, chopping 19 million dollars off the cap, uh, and again a one year two million dollar fully guaranteed deal is only going to cost you two million dollars on your cap. So it's not like he's going to break the bank. You bring back Brown, he's running with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin again. Who you bring back Godwin on the franchise tag? So. I think it makes more sense for him to end up back in Tampa Bay uh, more than anywhere else. Some other teams that are speculating, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, who are really hurting for cap space. We talked about in a previous episode that you can listen to at Steelers.com where the Seahawks make sense for Juju, but the money just might not be right for that. But in a weird way, the money might be right for Antonio mm -hmm. Brown since he's so much cheaper and he's so much better than Juju that if you put AB opposite of DK Metcalf, that's yeah. you're cooking with gas. And Jacob, we debated Tyler Lockett versus Juju on that previous episode. I think there's there's, there's oh, no it's AB over Tyler yeah. Lockett. It's probably even AB, AB over, over DK, DK right DK, now. No but debate, Metcalf yeah. would be the number one just because he's you're not just going to bring in right. AB and be like, you're the number one DK. And now Metcalf is Metcalf is great. I mean, Metcalf is the number one on on any other team probably around the NFL, but. AB, I mean, yes, he has these these issues, but AB is also an undisputed wide receiver one. No question. And the other team that they have here that I think makes a ton of sense, and if I was the GM, I would do it. They kicked the tires on him last season, too. Come back to the AFC North and playing for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. In with your uh, cousin Hollywood cousin. Brown. But he Ra may not even be there. He might, but the Ravens have $13 million in cap space, so this is barely going to make a dent in that if they right, decide right. to bring an AB. If it's a one-year, $2 million. And before You don't even have to take the risk either because the Buccaneers took the risk last year. Right. He made it through a full season with them last year, so it's not like you're going in blind and saying, oh, I don't know if he can stay focused. He can stay focused. That's been proven. So it's all coming down to now, do the Ravens think that this is worth it to bring him in for one season to – is this going to help Lamar Jackson or is this going to hurt Lamar? It's a lot easier for Tom Brady to control Antonio Brown than it is for Lamar Jackson to <laughs> sure. control Antonio so Brown. So I'll, I'll say two things to that point. Maybe we saw Antonio Brown last an entire season last year because he was wide receiver three behind Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Not, not saying that he wasn't 
talented enough to be wide receiver one, but because those were guys that were already wide receiver one, A, one, B, he wasn't going to come in and fill that spot just like Seattle and DK Metcalf. And Brady loved guys like Scotty Miller, too. Right, but what I'm saying was maybe A.B. lasted the whole year because he was the third option on on a stacked offense with Tom Brady, with capable running backs, Leonard Fournette and those guys. Because maybe he wasn't the offense, like the whole offense, maybe that's why he lasted because it like the ego wasn't able to be amped up or revved up. The ego wasn't fed. He wasn't fed the ball as much as he was in Pittsburgh. Maybe that's why he lasted. If he goes to Baltimore, which is a place that he expressed interest in going to before he signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think it was Tampa and Baltimore were the two leading teams. If he goes there, he will be the offense along with Lamar Jackson. Maybe then that creates the issue of, okay, you're the option and let's build up that ego, and then that could be his his downfall. And I think going off of that is, you know, who's he more likely to come into a huddle to and start bitch at? A Lamar Jackson who has oh, only won question. one playoff game in his career, right. and he has an MVP award, but he's never even sniffed an AFC championship game. Or Tom Brady, who's the greatest been to time. what twenty yeah. percent of the Super yeah. Bowls that have ever been played and won like eighteen percent of them. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I think you're not going to bark at him. AB's older than Lamar too. He's going to look at it that way too. Exactly. And look, AB is not the brightest color in the coloring <laughs> box. No, he's uh, not. in the uh, crayon in the color box. But he's still smart enough to recognize who Tom Brady is yeah. and realize, sure. okay, this guy is the reason I'm in Tampa Bay right now. Yeah. Like, the reason I'm sitting here with a million dollars guaranteed in my bank account is because number 12 wanted me here. So He's not going to go to Baltimore not, just to play for Lamar That's Jackson. not going to be the case. Yeah. for He's going to know in his head, I'm not here because Lamar Jackson demanded it. I'm here because the front office thinks I'm great. Yeah. It's a completely different story. And I think that is where he's going to end up. I think he's going to end up back in Tampa Bay again because— I do too. Um, I don't know what— Everyone else has gone back. Yeah, I mean, that, and I don't know what the reason is that he seemed— and I'm not saying he's a changed person. Like, but he wants to my rings, I'm sure. Right. I mean, he's got another one. He's got one now. I mean, I think they have a really good shot to go back as long as Brady's there. Oh, I think they're um, going to run. I think they're the favorites right year. now. Like, yeah, I, I think mean, they'll be 13 I think and, three and just cruise to the playoffs. Yeah. Easily the favorites coming out of the NFC. Yeah, I mean, I think they are. I mean, like, how I just, could you make the Packers the favorite when they just got destroyed by the Buccaneers? Right. Yeah, I just look at them in Lambeau and in yeah. uh, how explosive Antonio Brown is and like. Um, I mean, I know he's 32, and I know he, he had that extended absence from football. But, I mean, even even though that happened, I mean, you look at him, and he still has that great ability. And, and I mean, he's still one of the NFL's best wide receivers. I know that that sounds nuts, and I was one of the people that wrote him off. And I said that he would never play football again. Um, and, and I had a, I have a, a bet with one of my buddies. I said that he'd be broke by like 2027 and that ain't going to happen. At least it doesn't seem like it's going to happen because he's going to play for another handful of years. And you know what, if this next year goes well for AB um, and there's no off the field distractions and he still looks like what he looked like last year through nine games and in the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if a team gives him more money, not to say that it's like um, the extension that the Steelers gave him where it was what, like, I can't remember the numbers on it, but I don't think that the one year, like $2 million guaranteed stuff, is maybe where Antonio Brown is going to go past this year if everything upstairs stays um, normal. But again, I think the biggest catalyst in that is Tom Brady because if he can stay there, I don't think, like you said, Tom, he's not going to go after Tom Brady. He's not going to cause a stir when the quarterback throwing the ball is the best to ever do it.
And finally, uh, we talked on an episode earlier this week of Steelers Standard when the Bears signed Andy Dalton mm. to be their starting quarterback. Uh, that leaves Mitchell Trubisky as the odd man out, and he won't be playing for Chicago next year. Uh, is Mitchell Trubisky a guy that, if you're an NFL team, that you're going to kick the tires on to come in and be a starting quarterback for you? Or is this more of the route where the Vegas Raiders took Marcus Mariota under their wings as kind of a backup, who probably is probably the best backup in the NFL right now? And he played well in his one game that he came into, he or a couple games And ago. maybe you kind of have a reclamation project there. Yeah. Uh, similar to the Saints with uh, Jameis Winston mm-hmm. coming in behind Drew Brees. I mean, he's too expensive, and this is 10,000 steps down the list of things the Steelers need to do, but like – Perfect opportunity for a Mitch Trubisky to come in and be behind Ben, just as the same as the Jameis Winston and a Drew Brees. But that's just not going to happen. But I think Trubisky finds himself starting somewhere in the NFL. I think he should have stayed on his team. I think as far as the Bears were concerned, the best option was Mitch Trubisky. I think Matt Nagy just completely burned that bridge, yeah. and there's just no there's no going back to it. I mean, if I were Cle- or if I were Chicago, I would have rather kept Mitch Trubisky over Matt Nagy. You, the fans on Twitter were uproarious uproarious they were praising mitch trubisky like he was the best player in the (laughs) nfl and that's just how bad i think they downgraded at that position and they willingly downgraded at that position i mean is there any difference between trubisky and and andy Dalton? like really when you look at them like yeah who has more upside and trubisky can move exactly i mean mean, you know it's it's kind of a question mark i mean i'm looking at trubisky's numbers by pro football focus and I'm, i'm not saying that they always are right but He's been graded between 62 and 66.4 in every season that he's played in as a grade. Um, that's a, uh, an F, I think, or a D in just about any right. form of um, grading. Um, so that's not good. And I'm not saying that Trubisky's some type of world beater, but I think he's the best option because he definitely adds values with his legs. Isn't it so weird how he he's run the Nagy offense Exactly how Nagy's wanted it, to the tune of going thirteen and three and making the playoffs and losing on a double doink, <laughs> right. having a down year, and then being benched for Nick Foles. But when you played, you were the quarterback that won like six or seven. They're like five and, and one. Got you to the playoffs again yeah. this past year. Mm-hmm. So like, it's weird for Nagy to really not to say, like him I don't when want he's the one that's been the most successful in. Like I understand the year after going thirteen and three, they had a little bit yeah. of a down spell, but that happens in the NFL. You know, it's it's cyclical. You go up, you go down. You go up, yeah. you go down. And I don't know. I just feel like the Bears really screwed up. Uh, team that I would look at though for Trubisky is the Washington Football Team. I think you could Even bring, you could bring him in, have him with Fitzpatrick, oh, kind of have a two thing gone. going on with. Uh, Fitzpatrick and Trubisky, they compete for the starting job. Mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick probably wins it. Trubisky is there more, if you need it. A lot it. more interesting than Fitzpatrick and Heineke, for sure. And I think that's probably what the football team is yeah. thinking as well, because Trubisky's not going to be that expensive, and they have $22 million of cap sure. space. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. There's going to be a ton of free agency movement uh, over the next couple weeks, so make sure you keep listening to Steelers Standard as we work our way through the NFL offseason and don't forget that draft is a little over a month away mm. so we'll definitely be getting into some draft talk as well but that's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard for Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky I'm Tom Offerman thank you as always for listening to Steelers Standard